a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night, 4th of April. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and anything exciting happening today? No, no, nothing, nothing. It's It's been a nothing news day. I guess it really has, hasn't it? Yeah, that's why we're doing an abbreviated show. There's just nothing to talk about. Right. Well, folks, we're actually doing an abbreviated show so everyone can turn tune in at 8 o'clock because President Trump is going to speak about the indictment today and his not guilty plea. Indictment? What indictment? I haven't heard anything about an indictment. You have an indictment, right. Well, you know, when I heard that this all came down and I started reading different things, I came across something that I put up on Facebook and on every social media site I could. And what it said was every Republican and conservative, and I do mean every, whether you still support Trump for 2024 or not, should be outraged that acting New York City, New York County, I should say, Supreme Court Justice Juan Manuel Merchan, the very judge hearing this case, was a 2020 Biden donor whose daughter once worked for VP Kamala Harris's then presidential campaign. Witch hunt is too mild of words for what is unfolding, and this is now a maliciously orchestrated, targeted political assassination attempt against President Trump, in my opinion. And the only reason I added in my opinion is because that releases me from any liabilities, legal liabilities. But that, folks, is what this is. When I found out about this judge, not only that he gave to Biden's campaign, but he also gave money to something called the Progressive Turnout Project, which is a left-wing pack that rallies voter turnout for Democrat candidates, and also something called Stop Republicans, which is a sub-project of that group, and it's dedicated to resisting Trump and the Republican Party. Now, for a man like that, with that background, why the hell is he on this case? And whoever appointed him to this case, I think should be indicted on a deliberate witch hunt, whatever you want to call it, against the president. Now, Diane, if I didn't know better, I'd think you have a problem with this judge. I got a big problem with this judge. I got a big problem with this indictment in general. It's ridiculous. There was nothing illegal being committed. But it, it, it pushed me over the edge. When I got word about this judge. Now, I'll tell you how he got the case. At least I'm pretty sure I know how he got the case. Bragg, I would assume. Yeah, Bragg. Alvin Bragg went judge shopping and and picked the Superior Court judge uh, in Manhattan that, you know, he thought he would stand the best chance of winning the case with. And that was this guy. 
Um, let me ask you a let me ask you a question since you brought that up. Is the DA allowed to go in any case? Are they allowed to go judge shopping? Yeah, it's it technically that's not against the rules or the law. Really okay. interesting. However, in this case, you know, because of the nature of this case, I would think that and and I I would I would hope and I think Trump's legal team will, you know, file uh, a complaint on this for conflict of interest. Right. You know, and I mean, there's going to be a lot of different things filed by the Trump legal team. And I think that's probably going to be one of them. Okay. You know, they'll probably file for a change of venue. They'll, they'll, uh, if they haven't already, they'll file to immediately dismiss the case. Right. Um, They should file uh, on the conflict of interest of the judge. I mean, you know, imagine. Let's let's say your name is John Q. Public, okay. Okay. Um, and you get you know in, into a situation, probably not even of your own doing, but you wind up in court, okay, mm-hmm. and you wind up in court with a judge on the bench that has given money to an organization. Not once, not twice, but at least three times different organizations that have the goal of getting you in jail. Now, yeah. I, I, I mean, and, and this, this is the new legal system in the U.S. as of today. And, and this is what people need to be aware of. We are no longer talking about a judicial system because a judicial system seeks justice. This is a legal system. And under that term, it is using every legal flaming hoop that they can jump through to try and get one man. Strictly for political reasons, by the way. And you know what this is like to me? It's like Groundhog Day unending. Started with Russian collusion. They couldn't get that, so they moved on to the next, the next, the next. Every day seems to be repeating itself with the moniker, get Trump. That's it. I mean, that's it. That's what we're facing. And that is now the system in this country. Marco Rubio came out today and posted a video, I think, he posted the video from inside his car. Okay. And and why people do that, I, I, I don't understand. I see a lot of videos like on Twitter and social media where the people are sitting in their cars when they make the video. I don't know why they do that. But anyway, he, he cut a video today and he posted it up. And he says, we're going to regret this day for a long, long time because no matter where you stand – whether you're for Trump or against him, whether you like him, whether you don't like him, whatever, this changes the system in this country in a way that will never get it back to what it was. He's absolutely right, but I hope that never part is is wrong because if we can get a Republican in in 2024, a lot of this could be corrected through EOs and also through bills if we can keep the house and get back the senate so i agree with marco 100 percent. but i'm hoping that word never is not the reality well don't don't get over your skis on this and i'll tell you why because what happened today the arraignment in manhattan today literally opens the door it sets a brand new precedent so now You know, you can you can put all the Republicans in you want. You can make all the EOs you want. But DAs and judges, because now we have this conflict of interest with the judge, now right. DAs and judges on both sides of the political aisle can go after the other party's people. And you can you can make all the EOs you want, but you can't change that. So today... 
if an enterprising, and this is what Marco was talking about, if there's an enterprising DA out there in a red state that wants to go after Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, any member of the Biden family, whatever, they're, they're now, if, if they want to be creative and, and they want to try and loop stuff together like Alvin Bragg did, they can now go out and indict anybody for anything, period. There's got to there's gotta be a way, I don't know the way, but there's got to be a way to stop this. If the DAs can do this, maybe it's up to the prosecutors to stop it. Well, the, the prosecutors come from the DA's office. Um, you know, it's going to be awfully hard to stop it that way. In most states, DAs and most counties, DAs are elected officials. Alvin Bragg right. is an elected right. official. The only way to stop it is to fire them unelect them, elect somebody else. And when you get into a situation like they have in Manhattan or California or Chicago or Atlanta or, you know, you, you name the place, if it's blue, they're not going to get rid of these people. They're not going to get rid of these DAs. They elected Alvin Bragg to do exactly what he did today. Well, can't he be... I know the governor of New York, because she's uber-liberal, would never recall him. But if the governorship ever changed and went back into Republican hands, could that governor actually recall a rogue DA? DA? Because that's what this guy is. He's a rogue DA. I suppose He's, it's possible. I mean, he is out on a dedicated witch hunt. He's out to stop Trump at all costs. And well, that's, you know, a focused um, obsession. It's almost like it's an obsession. Well, I mean, you know, Trump is his Moby Dick, and he is Captain Ahab. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. Now, there there are other ways that you can get rid of a rogue DA like that. Okay? And one of those ways is, if you look at this case in specifics... Today, Trump was arraigned on Mm -hmm. 34 charges, okay? Right. Now, we knew when we did the show last Friday that it was going to be 34 charges. Now, ask yourself, how did we know that? Well, we knew that because it leaked. Right. Okay? Leaking that grand jury information while the indictment remained sealed is in and of itself a felony. Absolutely. So somebody in Alvin Bragg's office, and my guess is, if you really wanted to trace it back, it would probably come back to Alvin Bragg himself, is the one who leaked it. Deliberately leaked it, yes. Right. He gave it to somebody who gave it to somebody who gave it to the press. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's it's, it's like um, laundering a legal document. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, but that is a felony. And, you know, if it would have been 33, if it would have been 35... Then you could say, well, somebody was just making it up. But the report came out, and we talked about it on the air. On Friday, 34 charges, right? Right. Well, the only way we knew that is because it got into the press, and we saw it before we went to air. That means that when it came down today at exactly 34 items, that means it was a leak. And it only could come from Alvin Bragg's office. And what they did with this, they actually twisted it and made the 34 counts what they called falsifying business records in the first degree. Right. They they switched the wording around. What happened with this transfers of, of monies to Daniels and the other one, that's not illegal. <laughs> so... They had to switch the wording around 
to falsifying business records in the first degree. In other words, they were doing everything possible to take something that is not illegal and make it illegal. And they did it by switching the words, the verbiage. And and it's actually worse than that when you really get right down to it. You know, what, what they did was they took a misdemeanor, what would have been a misdemeanor, and mm-hmm. corkscrewed it into a felony, okay? And the only way to do that is to say the misdemeanor was committed to cover up another crime. Even though the other crime and this supposed crime, the statute of limitations had run out. Right. Not only that, but the crime, according to Alvin Bragg, that was being covered up apparently was the crime that was the misdemeanor. Right. Which doesn't make any sense at all. None of this makes sense. But President Trump, he had a little victory today because Stormy Daniels lost her appeal on the uh, slander, the defamation case. And she has to pay Trump over $100,000. So this whole thing is like, it's like we're living in a bizarro world here. Well, it is. And go figure, Stormy Daniels was found to be not appealing. Yeah. Um, Here's the the exact figure that she has to pay. $121,972.56. (laughs) $1,152. I mean, this is this is the most upsetting, ludicrous nonsense that I have ever seen in politics. You know, I have never seen anything. And I grew up in a political family, folks. My father was in politics and I have never seen anything like this. This is a thing that has no basis, should not have even been brought forward, but now that it has, it's up to some prosecutor somewhere, even in the House, to bring this brag up on charges. And, and I, you know, I think somebody should. You know, yeah. a, a week ago today, I published uh, a commentary. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that commentary it's under the uh, title of bragg's imploding political persecution you can find it at the nationalpatriot.com i outlined this whole case and all the problems mm-hmm. you know from it um you know one of the things according to alvin bragg that you know it, it, you mentioned that the statute of limitations had run out which, which mm-hmm. is correct but according to alvin bragg he should have an extension on that statute of limitations. And why? Because yeah, why? Don, because Donald Trump left New York. Okay? And you know, if if the if the person that committed the quote unquote crime leaves the jurisdiction and and can't be found and can't be brought back. Then you get an extension on the statute of limitations. Well, where was Donald Trump for four years? In the White House. Pretty easy to find, don't you think? I would think. You know, and they and, and Bragg, why did he bring this up now? Well, the, wait, the wait, wait, timing wait, of all this, Greg. Wait, wait, there's there's more to this. Okay, Bragg said, "Well, you know, we we couldn't." Uh, bring him back to face charges because he was out of the state. Well, where the hell was Donald Trump yesterday? Florida. Mm-hmm. So if they couldn't bring him back because he was out of state for four years, how could they bring him back now when he was still out of state? Well, they also <laughs> knew that DeSantis had come out and said he will not take part in any extradition of President Trump. So if you don't have the governor of a state, any state, going along with an extradition, you need the governor to allow that. Right, but Trump turned himself in. You know, they right. didn't have to extradite him, but if, you know, if they if they couldn't 
getting back to New York in four years, you know, because he was out of state. Well, he was still out of state, you know. I mean, for four years he was in D.C. Now he's in Florida. What's the difference? This. You know, I mean, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is almost like this is a beyond being what the Democrats are doing. This is almost like a targeted setup. Almost. Well, it is. It is. It's a a targeted setup to bring down someone strictly for political reasons to meet your political agenda and because Uncle Joe dare not run against this man a second time because, you know, God forbid he wins and starts exposing everything. It's almost like he did this to cover for their acts. Right. The Democrats' acts. Yes, exactly. You know, I mean, this this is, the the whole nature of this is 100% political. Now, according to the indictment, which was unsealed today, this is a case of felony business fraud. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, mm-hmm. me, let me ask you the pertinent question here. Who did Trump defraud? Now, I asked that question because, according to the indictment, the, you know, Michael Cohn set up a shell company. That was Michael right. Cohn's idea. That is spelled out in the in the indictment that Michael Cohn came up with the idea. Michael Cohn set up the shell company, and Michael mm-hmm. Cohn suggested that the money that Michael Cohn himself paid to Stormy Daniels and this other woman be reimbursed through the shell company by the Trump organization. Okay. All Michael Cohen's idea, and that is all contained in the indictment. So okay. that's so that's what happened. Okay, Cohn took out a one hundred thirty thousand dollar personal loan. We'll t- we'll talk about Stormy Daniels here. He paid mm-hmm. off Stormy Daniels. He got the uh, the the document had her sign it that she would not talk about this this what what now is obviously a bogus fling that she had with Donald Trump back in 2006, right? You mean the Uh, thing that never happened? Right, right. The thing that she herself, Stormy Daniels, has sworn to in court never happened. Okay? Mm -hmm. So Cohen pays her off, sets up this shell company, and then the Trump Business Organization pays Cohen back in installments. Right. Okay. That I was believe all, it was fifteen thousand dollars each payment. Right, and, and that's that's all documented in in the indictment. That's all Michael Cohn, right? Mm-hmm. So, according to Alvin Bragg, what the Trump Organization was doing was paying Michael Cohn back, reimbursing Michael Cohn in order to cover up another crime, which was, according to Alvin Bragg, reimbursing Michael Cohn. Right. Which doesn't make sense. No. But who got defrauded? Can, can, can a person defraud themselves? Because that's essentially what Alvin Bragg is saying here. He's saying that Donald Trump defrauded Donald Trump's business. When it was Donald was Trump's there? business that was paying Michael Cohn. But what they're forgetting and Cohen admitted this. Trump knew nothing about this. Right. And that's what's so perplexing. If you have the main party saying on the record, Trump knew nothing about this. I did this all. Well, why don't they go after him? Why are they going after someone who had no idea what was going on? Because Michael Cohen isn't running for president. Right. I mean, that okay. is rhetorical. I, I mean, yeah. that's, but, you know, in, in order for this to be a case of business fraud, they're going to have to prove that Donald Trump defrauded Donald Trump. 
I don't I don't see how you do that. First of all, this case needs to be thrown out. This judge needs to be thrown out. The conflict of interest here is so strong. This man should not be allowed to preside over this case. And Bragg should be brought up on charges for bringing somebody who he knew donated to the campaign, whose family donated to their campaign, whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris on her presidential campaign. He should be brought up. Stupidity, I don't know. But something isn't right here. But then again, this is the man, Alvin Bragg. You know how he won election, guys? He bragged about suing Trump more than a hundred times. So this has been on his mind since day one. He has probably been working for years on how I can get Trump. I'll get my 15 minutes of fame. I'll move up the, the court ladder, whatever, and I'll bring the president down. This is all about Alan Bragg. Don't forget the fact that he leaked the indictment document, and and therefore his office is guilty of a felony. Exactly, but nobody's mentioning that. You know, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying you you listed off a whole laundry list of things, and you're 100% correct, but don't leave that out because that's a biggie. That is a biggie. He committed a felony. He committed a felony in order to persecute a felony. Right. (laughs) And, <laughs> that, and that he totally which, manufactured. Which Republican is going to grow a set and go after this guy? Well, good luck finding a Republican DA or assistant DA in Manhattan. Good luck. Right. You know, right. good luck. That's the problem. That's the problem. And you know what's very funny? This took days to get the grand jury to agree to this. I wonder what Bragg offered the holdout jurors. He only needed 12 out of 23, and it took extra days to get to that number. That's the lowest bar that you could possibly have to to, uh, make in a jury case. You know, you only have to have one over half. Yeah, so, you know, who sold out or who paid off? Right. I mean, I think it's a valid question. This guy, Bragg, is dirty from top to bottom. And why wouldn't he be? Because George Soros was the money behind his election. George Soros, along with Obama, in my opinion, you can find their hand in the bottom of every single thing that's been done against Trump. Well, and let's not forget Nancy Pelosi last week came out and said, Trump will have a chance to prove his innocence in court. Well, that's not the way the justice system works, but ladies and gentlemen, that is the way the new liberal legal system works. Right. You're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. But she also came out and said, um, uh, not only will Trump have that, but Trump should, I want to remember exactly how she worded this. Basically, everyone, wait a second. Okay, if if Trump is being prosecuted, this sets a precedent. So my thing that came back at her is, okay, if this sets a precedent and Trump is able to be prosecuted for crimes committed, why are you, Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, Joe and Hunter Biden, and Obama still walking free? The valid question. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. And come on, you know, red state DAs, get creative. Let's take them all down. Or maybe someone, maybe Jim uh, Jordan in the House can do something. He's got guts. Well, the House can investigate, but they cannot charge. Right. You know, right. so. But it, 
if everyone in the House, the Republicans all side with this and you get some Democrats, there are some Democrats that are very, very unhappy about this. Well, they, as they're well, afraid for themselves, yeah, but yeah. they're also unhappy about this. As well, they should be because this totally upends the justice system. It, today is the day the justice system in the U.S. died. Yeah. I mean, it Basically. is. It just is. Yeah. Folks, we've hit the bottom of the hour. It's a shortened show because Trump is going to speak from Mar-a-Lago at supposedly 8 o'clock, but he always runs a little bit late. But, you know, we're going to we're gonna cut the show off at the top of the hour here um, so that we, you know, got a chance to make some popcorn uh, and sit down and hear what Trump has to say. And I mm-hmm. guarantee you this is going to be a barn burner. I really hope so. You know, so we'll take a bottom of the hour break here. And when we come back, Diane's got it with the media pronouns and simple solutions ignored. And Diane, correct me if I'm wrong. This deals a lot with what happened in the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, it does. But from a little different perspective. Well, and that's what we do. We always provide a different perspective, a bigger picture. (laughs) perspective right if you will so folks hang on there's more right side patriots after this you're listening to right side patriots radio the best in conservative commentary news and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor, getting you through the Tuesday night edition of the show. Hope you enjoy it, and if you miss any part of it, all you have to do is go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, and presto changeo, we're there for you. Yes, we will be. All right, so this terrible school shooting that took place in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, just a few days ago, there's a lot more to this than really what, what has come out, and you know, depending on what media source you listen to, a lot of it is being hush-hushed up. Yes. You notice the case has sort of uh, lost the media attention over the past couple of days. Right, right. So yeah. you decided to take it on in an op-ed under the title, The Media Pronouns and Simple Solutions Ignored. Right, and let me start by saying six innocents are now dead. Three adults and three nine-year-old children were brutally murdered last Monday at the Nashville Covenant School, 
a Christian private school, murdered in a carefully planned and then carried out attack by one Audrey Hale, a 28-year-old Nashville-based illustrator and graphic designer who had no criminal record prior to the massacre, but who former middle school friends deemed to be somewhat stalker-like in her actions. Hale identified as a transgender, as in a she wannabe he rightfully shot dead by Nashville police officers, the good guys with guns. Their actions saved not only more innocent lives, but saved Tennessee taxpayers countless millions of dollars on a trial and years of appeals and excuses made for why this person did what she did. And while we know that this true piece of human garbage, to me, the deliberate killing of children puts one in that category, did legally purchase seven firearms from five different local stores, three of which, an AR-style rifle and an AR-style pistol plus one handgun, were used in Monday's shooting. We now have learned that she was able to hide all seven firearms in her family home without her parents' knowledge. Interesting in the fact that one would think that Audrey's parents would be more diligent as to their daughter's coming and goings, especially with their knowledge that she was under a doctor's care for what the media says is an emotional disorder, what I assume is related to Ashley Hale thinking that she was not a woman, but a man. Now, here I must state that in my opinion, what is called transgenderism does not fall under the category of being a mere emotional disorder, but in actuality is a serious mental illness. To say otherwise ignores true scientific fact that until one's genetic code, as in one's DNA, can be changed, a scientific and medical impossibility at this point in time, one remains as they were born, with all else being but play-acting at best. And Craig, it's play-acting, as in pretending, being condoned by unscrupulous doctors who willingly ignore the one cardinal rule in medicine, as in do no harm, with their doing so by pumping hormones into and performing knowingly mutilating surgeries, even on very young children. And most go along with this butchery. For the almighty dollar alone, surgeries, many so-called trans folks, come to regret as they get older and ever so much wiser. You know, it didn't take long for the usual suspects to jump on this particular bandwagon, did it? Mm -mm. Well, as to be expected, the Democrat-controlled media... The Second Amendment haters and assorted kumbaya liberal sorts immediately started spewing out their ever so foolish gun control narrative. Using in their anti-gun discourse the usual rhetoric ranging from blaming the NRA to calling for bans on all assault weapons, what is always forgotten in their rantings is the indisputable truth that guns, that assault weapons, do not kill people. People kill people. As in no gun, no rifle, no assault weapon has ever loaded itself and killed anyone. Simply, it takes pulling the trigger actions of a human hand to kill. The very tangible reality the media and those on the left refuse to accept as fact. Better they protest against an inane object Better they call for an inanimate object to be banned than it is to get the obviously mentally ill the help they need before they commit such deadly acts. Better to keep mental illness and insanity locked in the proverbial closet than it is to accept as fact that some folks simply do not and might never be able to live among civilized men and women. Better to do all that than admit that warnings of insanity were either overlooked or ignored in situations such as school shootings, most especially if it means the left's go if it meets the left's gun control narrative. 
And what these same folks also forget, or might more likely choose to ignore, is the all-important, ever-so-critical fact that shootings such as the Nashville Covenant School murder spree could have easily been prevented if the school's entry had not just been locked down with a key and or bolt, but if the doors themselves had been constructed of bulletproof materials, including bulletproof glass. And sadly, in today's world, and most importantly of all, schools, all schools, thanks to the uptick in the number of school shootings that have taken place over the past few years, all schools, no matter their grade level, and I mean each and every school, both public and private, now need to have at least one armed police officer stationed at every major point of entry, along with teachers being armed if they so desire. Craig, this simple solution clearly lies in plain sight. But the political base nonsense regarding firearms seems for the left to trump all. The safety of America's children be damned. Remember, those who want guns will always find a way to get guns. And more times than not, it's the bad guys who will secure a firearm before the good guys do. Well, you know, that's one of the inescapable truths in in any situation like this. You know, I mean, it, it just is. But it's not the only inescapable conclusion that can be drawn and this is what most people are missing you know uh some people are missing it others are willfully ignoring it but what are some of the other inescapable conclusions well very simply stated in today's america the situation regarding attacks on our schools will only get worse before it gets better most especially if the liberal media continues to stick their nose into the mix how so Because today's Democrat-controlled media does not report the news, but manufactures the news to both bolster their leftist condoned political narrative, as well as for ratings and bottom-line profits. A perfect example of this can be seen in how the media reported the Nashville school shooting. Yes, they spoke about how the surveillance video shows the shooter getting into the school by shooting out a side door by breaking the glass. And yes, they reported on how the shooter meandered throughout the building, only to end up on the second floor while firing numerous shots. And they did report on how the shooter was killed within 14 minutes of the first report of a shooter taking place. And they also reported that the shooter was firing at police cars outside the school when the officers took said shooter down. Reporting the facts as they happened, all good, at least on the surface, that is. For once it was found out that the female shooter, Audrey Hale, was a transgender, a she pretending to be a he, the media in effect froze, for they were in a quandary over what was the correct pronoun to use when talking about such shooter, instead of their focusing on the crime at hand. In fact, the radical group Trans Resistance Net sent major news outlets letters to demand, yes, demand, that the Nashville shooter be addressed in a proper terminology. In this case, the demanded upon pronoun he or else trouble would ensue. But Craig has expected most of the liberal media complied with their demands. After all, they are obligated to keep the left's politically motivated pretense going that switching one's gender is both normal and possible and is not a mental illness at all. Well, and the media also had to willfully ignore several other things. And part of that was the manifesto. And they tried to keep that hidden for days and days and days. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when when somebody who they perceive to be on the right side of the aisle goes off and does something like this, the manifesto comes out almost immediately. This case, it took several days to get a look at the manifesto. And have we even seen the whole thing yet? Well, we have now, and I'll get into that after. But thanks to the media's adhering to a political correctness, 
with all their attention being diverted on pronouns, much-needed attention had been diverted away from the fact that six innocent individuals lay dead due to the actions of Audrey Hale, the woman shown on video carrying a detailed map of the building and who conducted surveillance before she started shooting. And while she, I will never acquiesce to the proper pronoun nonsense, did not seem to be targeting any one specific individual, but actually the school building itself, based upon her manifesto-style writings, drawings, and recent online research into the school's points of entry. The most important fact must remain that six innocent people lay dead. Nine-year-old students Evelyn Dykehouse, Haley Scruggs, and William Kinney, along with school head Catherine Conce, substitute teacher Cynthia Peake, and custodian Mike Hill, all killed by a seriously mentally ill individual with a supposed grudge. But did Audrey Hale's emotional disorder regarding her sexual sexual identity drive her to do what she did? Maybe, maybe not. Could Hale's reported obsession with her former middle school girls basketball team members be the sole driving force? Maybe, maybe not. For it always must be remembered that sometimes it's madness alone that drives one to commit unspeakable actions. But one thing I surely do know is that when the media picks and chooses what is and is not to be reported on in regards to a murderer's simple identity, when the media cowers in fear of reprisal for reporting that truth, the murderer becomes not only the number one center of attention, but sometimes even the victim, with the true victims now sadly being relegated to second place. What a sad commentary on today's America when pronouns and firearm untruths, especially regarding school shootings, are media forced upon a gullible public. Maybe now one will understand why the Second Amendment remains so important and also why the implementing of simple solutions to stopping school shootings is something that can no longer be ignored. Focus, people, focus. Focus not only on who the shooter was and why they did what they did, those things that sadly cannot be undone, but focus more on the implementation of the aforementioned simple solutions post-haste for the next school shooting, and know there will be more, might just, well, hit home. Case closed. You know, it's a, it's an interesting uh, commentary, and, you know, you mentioned some very simple solutions, and they're, they're accurate, you mm-hmm. know, but the simplest solution of all, I'm sure, was already taken by the liberals, and it failed. Which is? I'm guessing that school was a gun-free zone. I pretty much think so, because it was a religious uh, attached to a church. Uh, can we swear to that? I, I can't. I can't, I, but I, I would I just, assume. How many, how many of these shootings, uh, shooting scenarios, have we seen over the years that take place in gun-free zones? And they post it on the door. This is a gun-free zone. Right. Okay. Well... You know, this is the problem with liberals and their anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment laws. You see, the criminals, they don't give a damn that it's a gun-free zone. The laws mean nothing to those people. Very true. Well, in, in my article, I have two videos. I have her actually driving up to the school, getting out of the car, and going in and shooting the glass and shooting from there. In the video, I do not see a sign, and I don't think uh, my readers will, but there could be. You know, we can't say they couldn't be. I mean, what we see, well, what we see in that, in that clip is from inside the building and it's a set of double doors. So there's an entry, there's an outside door, an entryway and an inside door. Right. And what we're actually seeing is the inside door. So we don't know if there's a gun-free sticker on the outside or not. 
No, we don't. I didn't see it when I saw her open the door, but it doesn't mean there wasn't one. The second video I have, it looks black on the screen, and then it says watch on YouTube. Okay, you have to click on that. The reason YouTube has blocked it out, because that is the actual body cam video of the officers taking her down. And they deem that, you know, some people might get all, you know, bent out of shape that the the good guys took out a bad guy. But it is graphic, but it's worth seeing. Because if this woman had been left to continue on what she did, many more people would have died, many more children and adults. But what I mentioned earlier about the manifesto, when you brought up about that, there's a reason it took so long. Apparently, there are three different things that this woman, and she was a woman, I don't care what she pretends to be. She had her written manifesto. She had another one, which were drawings, but they were very strange. Her hero was Jack Nicholson from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Not him, who he portrayed in one flew over the cuckoo's well, nest. Actually, actually, those those drawings were from The Shining. Nicholson in The Shining. No, that particular one that I have posted is from her thing that she claims she drew. Well, I, I understand. Okay. I, I, yeah, I understand that, but it also says red rum on it, and that was from The Shining. Now, right. maybe, she, she maybe she conflated the two. I don't know. She did. She drew that. And the third one was um, her artwork. She had a whole separate thing with her different artworks of all different kinds. Some was very violent. Some was very touchy-feeling. We all need to get along. Then in the next page, I'm out to change the world. I mean, this woman obviously had a screw loose and her parents should have seen that. I know they had nothing to do with what she did. I get that. But they should have seen that something was wrong with their daughter. Well, yeah, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, you know, that's been interviewed. Oh, the parents were so wonderful. She had a good upbringing and this and that. Yes, maybe she did. But that doesn't mean that she couldn't have snapped somewhere along the line. Well, her uh, parents uh, actually thought she only had one gun in the house and that she sold that gun. In the meantime, she had them all hidden throughout the house. Big rifles. And the parents never found these things. I know. That's that's one of those head scratchers. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand she, you know, she's what, 28 years old. 28 years old and and parents don't you know hawk a 28 year old child the way they would let's say uh, a 13 year old child right okay but you know if if, you know your 28 year old is living at home that's a problem Mm -hmm. that that tells you something something's kind of weird and if that 28 year old has seven weapons hidden around the house and and you don't know it? I mean, good Lord, where was she hiding these things that the parents wouldn't accidentally stumble across them? Right. And this was not a big house. I saw a picture of what the house was. It was a nice, you know, middle-class house. Um, but the fact that her parents knew she was getting emotional help, wouldn't that send off red flags? Wouldn't it bother you if your daughter suddenly, I'm going to be a man? Wouldn't that bother you? Well, it would, unless you're one of these dyed-in-the-world liberals, you know, that, oh, well, I, I guess she's going to be a man. We have to accept that. You yeah, know, I mean, and, and this is the problem. And it's not just it's not just her. If you look back at some of the other shootings, if you look back at Nicholas Cruz, or, or you look mm-hmm. back at Adam Lanza, right? Right. And what was the... Uh, what was the the common theme running through all of those? 
that the the person was being mainstreamed. Everybody knew right. that the person had emotional problems, mental illness, something. And yet, oh, you know, we mainstream these people because, you know, to do otherwise would be offensive. Well, like I said in the very beginning, her friends from when she attended uh, the Covenant School that she kept in touch with over the years, all of them said her presence was like stalker-like. Right. Well, doesn't that send off, you know, bells and whistles with someone? Well, you would think, you know. Yeah, and, it and, makes no sense. Unless, unless you're one of these people who thinks that, well, this, this, you know, things like this don't happen in my family. You know, yeah, my, my kid, 28-year-old kid, is a little weird, but, you know, so is everybody, so it's not that big a deal. Well, right. you know, and, and the thing of it is, People that are around these people, not only the family, but the friends, you know, how many times have we heard, you know, Adam Lanza's friends or uh, Cruz's friends, you know, they all knew something was wrong, but nobody wanted to say anything. And why is that? Because they've been conditioned by the liberals in this country that if you say something, you're some sort of a bigot. Right. And the other thing with the media, they were afraid to touch the story to the way it should be, uh, should have been reported, because she was transgender. She was a pretender, and we have to go along with it. No, you want to pretend that you're the opposite sex than you were born? Pretend all you want, but don't force us to accept your pretending. Well, and don't get mad at people that don't go along with it. You know, right. that's that's your thing. You you can pretend to be a rainbow farting unicorn if that's what you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't expect everybody else to go along with it and certainly don't get mad when when people don't. You right. know, or your favorite a jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> right, right. You can you know, if you want to pretend to be a jar of mayonnaise, be a jar of mayonnaise. Just don't expect me to put you on a sandwich. Right. Now, did this have anything to do with her mental illness? We'll never know. We'll never know. But the fact is, the media had no right holding back this story over a pronoun. Six innocent people are dead because of this, what I call a piece of human garbage. And I'm sorry, when you go into a school to deliberately kill children, you are a piece of garbage. Audrey Hale simply failed to uh, meet the liberal definition of a school shooter. Okay. I mean, you know, it's always a right wing nut and they say it's a right wing nut, even when it turns out not to be, and then they never go back and correct the record because, you know, that's what it's supposed to be. You know, the, the transgenders, well, they're, they're, you know, you, you've got to be understanding of transgenders. According to the liberal agenda, you've got to accept them. You can't be against them. And they can do no wrong. You have to celebrate the transgenders. Okay, so well, here, here that- she is, a woman. It's supposed to be a man. Here she is on the left. It's supposed to be on the right. And here she is, a transgender who's supposed to be celebrated. And people wonder why the media didn't run with this story. Part of that problem has to do with doctors that do these surgeries. They take the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. They know damn well that they're harming that person, and yet they go ahead and do it. They are as much to blame for things like this as as the per- maybe not as much as the person who commits the crime, but there has to be some blame somewhere. And I, and I can't imagine any good doctor doing these kind of surgeries, pumping children with hormones. I know. I, I just can't imagine it. it it's, it's just mind-boggling. And we're supposed to accept all this as normal? This is a normal thing to do, to mutilate yourself? That's normal? 
it really is a bizarre world. This country has lost its moral conscience, its political political conscience. We have gone so far to the left. How are we ever going to get back to sanity? That's that's a good question, and 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 I don't know that we can. I mean. It, what I mean, let's look at the bigger picture, and that's what we do in the in the minute we have left. Okay. You know, in, in the bigger picture, red states, and let's let's use Florida as an example. You guys don't have the you know the problem of getting back. You're already there where where you should mm-hmm. be. Okay, the right. blue states, in, unless they go red, they're going to stay the way they are too. Yeah, and you know what's happening to them? Major businesses are leaving them left right. and right. Can you blame them? No. No, I can't. Liberalism really is a mental illness. It is. Folks, if you yes. want to read it, and I hope you do, you go to Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com. The media, pronouns, and simple solutions ignored. You can also find it at rspradio1.com. Either place you go, grab the link and share it. People need to see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. They do. All right, Diane. The videos are fascinating. With that, we've run out of time tonight. And the reason we've run out of time is any minute now, Donald Trump is expected to speak from Mar-a-Lago. And we want to turn people loose so they can go pay attention to that. Right. Tell them about Friday. Oh, well, we're taking Friday off because Friday is Good Friday. Um, So we're going to take a break on Friday. And uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. I've got an article out, too. We're just cutting it off tonight because of the Trump thing. Uh, if you want to go to thenationalpatriot.com, and I hope you do, uh, you can go there and you can read my latest commentary. Uh, it's kind of along the Easterish lines, why the gospel truth is anything but. Okay. That's at thenationalpatriot.com or rspradio1.com. But with that, Diane, you and I have plum run out of time for this show tonight. Yes, and with that, I'll say everybody turn on your TV and see American history in action and nighty night. I guarantee you we'll have more to talk about this whole Trump indictment thing come Tuesday. So have yourselves a great rest of the week. Have a fine Easter, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.